book for me this week, and truly, it's just ministered to me in a right, uh, a great way, an incredible way. And uh, I've been in awe of the book of Jeremiah, so, so I'm excited to share that stuff with you guys. And um, I believe outside of Jesus Christ, uh, Jeremiah is the biggest gangster in the whole Bible. And uh, Jeremiah is tough, dude. And the stuff I'm reading about Jeremiah is kind of interesting. So Jeremiah just had this ability to keep on getting punched in the mouth over and over and over again, go through really difficult stuff, and get back up and keep on slugging it out for the Lord. And that's, that's kind of cool. So like I, this whole week, I've been praying about the well. I've been praying about you guys. Um, where, where's my dude, uh, Jim? Where's Jim at? Alejandro. Bro, I've just been thinking about you, praying about you this week. Nothing weird, but you've just been coming to my mind. <laughs> like, just been thinking about you, dude. Just been praying about all you guys. So I care for y'all, man, truly, and, and I love you guys. And I, and I want to see you get everything God has for you in your service to Jesus Christ. So I, I wanted to come in here and encourage y'all to be soul winners for the Lord. Because soul, soul winning in your personal life and in this ministry, in this church, and in all of Christian life, soul winning is, is what keeps your fire going, okay? So if you stop winning souls, you stop sharing the gospel, okay, you, you, can, uh, you can guarantee that, you know, your, your wood's going to get wet in your Christian life. But if you keep on winning souls, it's going to keep you excited, and it's going to keep you on fire for the Lord. So I'm thinking, man, I want to come in here and share with you guys how to be successful soul winners. And as I'm seeking the Lord for you and for a message uh, to, to bring to you guys about being a soul winner, God just kind of has a sense of humor, and he brought me to the book of Jeremiah, okay? And, like, Jeremiah is, like, the biggest loser for ministry that you've ever seen. <laughs> okay, like, Jeremiah, Jeremiah literally serves the Lord for, for 43 and a half years, if, if my calculations are correct. And, and for 43 and a half years, he, he's preaching the same message. Repent, repent, repent. Get right with the Lord, Okay? turn from your idols and turn to God. He's preaching it for 43 and a half years. And after 43 and a half years, not one person gets saved. Like, like what a miserable ministry. Like, imagine you like serving the Lord for 43 and a half years every day out in the street and like, and like begging people to get saved. And for 43 and a half years, no one gets saved. Man, that's kind of tough, dude. He didn't make one single disciple. He never planted a, a, a single church. Never started a good news club. Never finished LFBI. Like, my dude Jeremiah, 43 and a half years, has no, has absolutely no visible fruit in his life. He, he's a complete and utter apparent failure. Like, I just, I just can't imagine giving my whole life to the Lord like that and not seeing one person get saved. Jeremiah was a tough dude. And I, as I keep reading through the book of Jeremiah, God, God started to reveal to me how great of a man Jeremiah really is. I mean, you, you talk about having some grit, and you talk about being tough, when you talk about living your life for the Lord, for whatever cost, just because he's worthy. Like, that's, that's who Jeremiah was. So, so let me share with you the state of Israel during the time of, of Jeremiah's day. This is what's going on. I just kind of set the setting for you. So this is Jeremiah eleven thirteen. This is what Israel was going through. It says, Then shalt thou say unto them, because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law, 
and ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, ye walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of this land into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers, and there shall you serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Okay, so all of Israel was not following the Lord. And he said, man, because of this, there's a judgment coming. And the judgment that's coming is you're going to be sent to another land. That land at that time was, was Egypt. It was the land of Pharaoh. And then after that, it turns into the land of Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, both of those people in Scripture uh, picture Satan. He says, man, if you don't get your sin right, you're going to be put into captivity under the picture of the person that's Satan. And this is what God called Jeremiah to do in that time period. This is Jeremiah 5.1. It says, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if you can find a man, if there be any that execute judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. So he tells Jeremiah, during this corrupt time where everyone hates God, your goal, what I want you to do, what I'm calling you to do, is go seek someone that is seeking the truth, and warn them of this coming judgment, and, and I'll save the land. That's what God says. But this is the problem. This is Jeremiah 6.10. To, to whom shall I speak and give warning? Jeremiah is supposed to warn them, but he says, but whom, whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the, word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, and they have no delight in it. So Jeremiah is given a brutal calling to a brutal people to give a brutal message, and no one even delights in the Lord. No one even cares about what, what the Lord has to say. All right, does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a time you live in? Laodicea, where no one wants to hear the word of the Lord, and everyone's doing evil, everyone's doing worse than their fathers, and we're called out to, called to go seek, seeking men and to warn them of the coming judgment of Satan and the captivity of being in uh, eternity forever in hell? It's kind of a similar situation, Jeremiah and us. Okay, that's, that's what he's going through. That's the calling that was on Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah was, was tasked by God to, to do this thing alone. Like, it says that he had no friends in the book of Jeremiah. It's a dep- depressing Tuesday, bud. It's a depressing book, Jeremiah. What, what an encouragement to win souls. He was called alone to go to this nation and call them idolatrous and false war- worshipers and evil and idolaters. And to warn them, that, warn them if they didn't repent of their sin, then there was coming a judgment. Jer- Jeremiah had one message for 43 and a half years. And it was repent, 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 get right with God. And no one listened. Uh, quite the contrary, they actually dogged Jeremiah. Like, they beat him up, they put him in prison. They like drop him in a dungeon where he sinks in the mire. No one listens to him. They say, hey, we'll listen to what you say. And then when he actually gives them the message, they tell him, you're a, fal- you're a false prophet. You're not even from God. They dogged Jeremiah his whole life. But you know, you know what makes Jeremiah the biggest gangster in all the Bible? I've been, I've been encouraged by Jeremiah this week. Every time Satan punched Jeremiah in the mouth, Jeremiah got back up and said, thus saith the Lord. You know that? And I guarantee it, if, if Satan's not punching you in the mouth right now, it's coming. And there has to be something in you, there has to be something in me, something in the church, that when Satan punches us in the mouth, we don't stay down. But we get back up and we say, thus saith the Lord. My dude's a thug, (laughs) Jeremiah. 
Didn't see one person get saved. But you know what? He did it for God because he had an audience of one. He didn't care. He didn't care what everyone thought. He didn't care about the fruit because you know what? God, you know what God's more concerned about in your life? God, my life. God's more concerned about us being faithful than us being fruitful. You just need to do what's right. And Jeremiah knew what was right and he did it. He had grit. He had tenacity. The man didn't give up. The man kept slugging it out. And Jeremiah had every excuse to give up uh, serving God, and he never forfeited his calling on his life. Bro, too, too often, you know what's wrong with the church, bro? You know what's wrong with me because I'm just a sinner? We're a bunch of weenies. I'm serious, bro. And, and as soon as there's an opportunity for us to, to give up, an excuse for us to stop serving the Lord, for some reason we take it. You know, like, like, uh, like what do I got written in here? Let me try to convict you guys. <clears throat> some, some cute boy or girl shows up in your life, all right, and they kind of don't want to serve the Lord, whatever. They're, they're taking you away from God. Why you choose the boy or the girl? You know what I mean? You, ch- you choose the excuse. You get a good-paying job. It's probably sent by Satan. Takes you away from church. You take that. Someone offends you in church. Oh, man. A leader does something you don't agree with. You got health complications. Someone rejects your gospel presentation. This is what I, I'm just trying to warn you guys. I'm, I'm almost 30 now. I'm an old man. And uh, you know what I'm starting to see, bro? People get married, and they stop serving God. People have kids, and it's an excuse for them to stop serving God. What, that's wrong. Like, Jeremiah didn't let any excuse get in his way. He had every excuse to give up, and Jeremiah kept on slugging it out for the Lord. We need more people like that. We need to be like that. People give up. Why, why is it when life gets hard, the first thing to go is your ministry and your calling from the Lord? That can't happen. When Satan punches us in the mouth a little bit, we, we tuck our tail and we run away. We got to have grit. We got to have tenacity. We, we got to tap into our inner Jeremiah. And when things get hard, we don't give up. We got to keep pushing forward. So the question that I want to ask you guys tonight is this. In the midst of op- opposition, in the midst of difficulty, when maybe you don't have any fruit and you're trying with your whole heart to serve the Lord, what keeps a man going? What keeps a man pressing forward in his, in his calling? What, what, what is it that makes a man not give up? And although Jeremiah didn't see one person get saved, I think the book of Jeremiah answers that question. What, what makes a man faithful? Because Jeremiah was faithful. God's more interested in your faithfulness than your fruitfulness. So, so that's what we're going to look at tonight. What makes a man faithful when there's adversity? So everyone, if, if you're not, open up your Bibles. It'll be behind me. We're going to look at Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. So this is what the Bible says. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. This, this, is, uh, this is God talking to uh, Jeremiah. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over nations and over kingdoms to root out 
and pull down and destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. So there you see the calling, the ordination that's put on Jeremiah's life. And the key point that I want us to look at today is God has put an individual specific calling on your life to reach the world with the message of the gospel. We need to get rid of the excuses, expect the adversity, and use the power of God's word to keep slugging it out for Jesus, just like Jeremiah, and not give up on our calling. So point number one, we're going to look at understand the gravity of your ordination. All right, this is how you don't give up in the ministry. Number one, understand the gravity of your ordination. So, so God tells Jeremiah in verse five, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Okay, well, well let me get some technical definitions out of the way so we can apply it correctly. Um, now to be accurate, Jeremiah's sanctification and his ordination was very unique, all right? So he was called from his mother's womb, all right? There's only a few people in the Bible that are called from their mother's womb. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Samson, Jeremiah, um, John the Baptist, and Jesus, because Jesus is the best. So, amen. And, and he is called out of his mother's womb. He's set apart. He's sanctified. He's set apart, and he's ordained. Now, that, that word ordain. You know, we use it a lot if you're going to be sent out to be a pastor or something. But the word ordain in Scripture just means appoint. Okay? God appointed him. So he was set apart. He was appointed from his mother's womb. That's not how you were sanctified. And that's not how you were ordained either. Okay? So as a, a Christian in the New Testament right now, you're sanctified not from your mother's womb, but you're sanctified after you got saved. Okay? You got saved, saved and God set you apart from the world and set you apart to the work of God. Okay, you were ordained, you were appointed to go serve the Lord post-salvation. Okay, we're not, we're not uh, weirdo Calvinists. All right, we don't believe the, that, that stuff. So to prove it to you, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. You're sanctified when you call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, all right? As soon as we make that free will choice to accept the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are then ordained or appointed by God to fulfill a specific work for him. So 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 7 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, where, where unto I am ordained, I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Okay. Well, what is our specific ordination? What exactly have we been appointed to do? Well, like Jeremiah, we have been appointed to be a prophet unto the nations. Now, we need to do some more, uh, we won't do this all night, but we need to do some more defining of terms. So, Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet, okay? That means he heard from the Lord in a different way. Like, the, the prophets in the Old Testament heard from the Lord through visions and through dreams, okay? I hope you're not hearing from the Lord that way, uh, because it's probably not the Lord. But today, 
you know, as a, a New Testament messenger for God, minister, you know, pro- prophet, it's kind of like this. Prophet, at the end of the day, is this. A prophet is one who speaks to the people on behalf of God, okay? Now, the prophets in the Old Testament, they got their revelation through dreams and visions. A prophet in the New Testament, listen, we have a, sh- a more sure word of prophecy, is what the Bible says, okay? So we still get revelation from God, but we're getting it through the book. The more sure word of prophecy, which, which in that passage just describes it as, defines it as scripture. But still, our job is the same. It's to speak to, to people on behalf of God through this revelation. So Nehemiah 6-7 says, And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem. Well, well Jeremiah was called to be a, a prophet and preach to the nations of Israel in the city of Jerusalem. Listen, us right here in this room, we are called to be prophets to the nation of America in the city of New Philadelphia. Okay, you see the, the parallels with Jeremiah and with us? We have a similar calling. So, so what are we to preach? Luke 24, 46 through 47 says this. It says, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name among the nations beginning at Jerusalem. So listen, this is what you have to get. We, we in, the, in this room, the well, First Baptist Church, New Beginnings, you as an individual believer, you have been given the greatest responsibility ever given to man. And that's to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Bro, that's, the, like, that's awesome. That's the greatest job ever. Like one, one person told me, uh, well, what's the one baseball player? Frankie Lindor. Me and, me and Frankie Lindor are the same age. And he said, man, wouldn't you just die to be Frankie Lindor, you know, hitting home runs and making millions? And I said, bro, if you knew the calling on my life, Frankie Lindor should be jealous of me. You know what I mean? Because, bro, I'm the richest man in the world. I'm given the greatest responsibility of all time is to be a, a preacher of Jesus Christ. We are preachers of Jesus Christ to go out and win the world. We have to preach the death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. And, and you have people in your life that are without a faithful gospel witness. And without them hearing the gospel and having the chance to get saved, they're going to burn in hell forever. Bro, that should break our heart. That should motivate us to go out and tell them about Jesus Christ. Man, do we get that? Think, think about one of your lost friends for a moment. Like I, I got a, a friend named Sam right now that, bro, I'm trying, I'm trying to see Sam come to the Lord. And I'm begging the Lord for his soul. Now, I'm telling him about Jesus Christ, and he's, he's getting closer. But think about one of your lost friends for a moment. You, as an ordained prophet of the gospel of Jesus Christ, are the, is the only thing that stands in the way of that friend and burning in hell forever. And if, if you don't understand the weight and the gravity of your ordination, it could be the, the difference between them going to heaven or hell. Jeremiah understood that. I think the thing that, that kept Jeremiah going at the end of the day is he was the only prophet in that time that was hearing from God. And if it wasn't for Jeremiah going out and doing it, all those people were going to go into captivity. Bro, understand that. You have a special calling on your life. Like, this is a special time period in history. Like, if, it's, if, if, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Like, we got to do it. You guys got to understand the weight and the gravity of, of the ordination on your life. Jeremiah was tasked with warning the people of the coming judgment of God. And what does it say about you? What does it say about the church member of, of, of God in the New Testament? 
In Colossians 1.28, it says, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. We got to warn people. It's up to us to do it. So when, when Satan punches us in the mouth over and over and over again, like I got friends that I've been trying to witness to for, for almost 10 years, still ain't, still ain't listening. But guess what I'm learning from Jeremiah? Keep coming back, bro. Keep on going back to him. Keep on telling him about Jesus. I'm trying to see my friends get saved. When I get punched in the face, I need to get back up and say, thus saith the Lord, because I understand the gravity of my ordination. Jesus knew if he didn't stand in the gap and, and faithfully deliver the message, that no one was going to do it. And you know what? In the, in the Bible, uh, Jeremiah is considered the weeping prophet. My dude's crying all the time. He, he writes a book of the Bible called Lamentations, lamenting because of the people of his city that wouldn't repent. Man, when's the last time you cried over a soul? When's the last time I cried over a soul? Do we have the heart to see our friends get saved? Like, that's, that's got to be our heart. We got to have the same heart as Jeremiah. When's the last time you even gave an effort to share the best nudes in the whole world? You were ordained to do it. It's why, it's why you got saved. You know, I think that Jeremiah had that grit and that tenacity the way that he did. And I think that Jeremiah worked so hard to fulfill his calling because I think, I think Jeremiah didn't want to be chargeable to the people of Israel. So, so 1 Thessalonians 2.9 says this, For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. So what, so what does that mean to be chargeable? Well, let me, let me just tell you what I, what, I think it be, what I think it means. Okay, well, I'm just thinking about the time where we're all going to stand at the great white throne judgment and watch this thing go down. And, and this is what it says about the great white throne judgment in, in Revelation 20, I think. We got that? I'll let, I'll let you read it while I just speak. But listen, dude. We're going to be standing there. In the great white throne judgment, God is going to open up the books. He's going to open up a book. And the people that didn't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to be judged based upon their works. Now, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, your Savior, bro, you're going to be judged according to Jesus Christ, which is perfect. You're going to make it into heaven because you've accepted the Lord. But the people that didn't accept the Lord, man, they're going to be judged by their works. And because of that, it says that they're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever. Bro, hell is a miserable place. You know the description of hell? It talks about where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Can you imagine? What does that even mean, where their worm dieth not? Sounds terrible. Uh, there's a verse that, that always gets me, man. And it's in Psalms. Psalms what? Can we roll through those? Sorry. Man, look at this. Ima imagine one of your friends going to hell. And as they're falling down into the lake of fire, this is what they're crying out. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. Like I think about my friend Sam, bro, and I got to think, bro, Sam, I got to care for that man's soul. Because if no one cares for Sam's soul, then my friend Sam ain't getting saved. You know what I mean? Like I got to care for the soul of Sam because I would hate to see Sam falling into the lake of fire crying, no man cared for my soul. That, that can't, I can't be charged with that. At, at the great white throne judgment, I can't be charged with that. Jeremiah didn't want to be charged with that. Ezekiel 33, verse 6, when it talks about the watchman, you know, it talks about if you, would, if you warn the person of the coming judgment, 
then, then the blood is on their hands. But if you, if you know the coming judgment's coming up and you don't warn them, it says the blood's on your hands. The blood, I can't be chargeable. I think Jeremiah had tenacity, and I think that he didn't give up, and he kept on fighting for the mission because he didn't want to be chargeable to God. That's what kept him moving. That's what kept him going in, in ministry. I think he loved the people of his city. Jeremiah 9.1 says, Oh, that my head were waters, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. Man, I'm just praying I get a heart like Jeremiah. The souls of his people is what kept him going. In order for us to keep moving with the calling on our life, we have to understand that if we don't answer the call, people are going to go to hell. I mean, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God because it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. So guess what? I got to man up and I got to be like Jeremiah and I got to care for people and I got to tell them about Jesus Christ. And you know what? I should be happy about it, <laughs> not scared because it's the best news of all time. That's what we got to be doing. So please understand the gravity of your ordination as a believer in Christ. And you know what? I don't even have time to, doc, to talk about the deeper stuff where it says that Jeremiah was called to destroy and to build kingdoms. You know, and, and some of you guys know the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Well, within the kingdom of God, there's two kingdoms. The kingdom of, of, of darkness and the kingdom of his dear son. And, we, and you know what Jesus Christ came to do? He came to destroy the works of the devil. And bro, when we preach the gospel, you know what we're doing? We're destroying the works of the devil. And we're thinking, kidnapping people from the kingdom of darkness and bringing them to the kingdom of his dear son. That's an adventure, bro. Like that should be an adventure for our life. I want to do that. And then it says we're builders, man. We get to build, we get to build God's church together with God. And there's some really cool stuff about eternity and precious stones that I'm not even going to get into, but it's fun. Just know that that realizing the gravity of your ordination is important. And it's what, kept, it's what kept Jeremiah going. He understood the importance of it. So know the gravity of your calling. Number two, what, what kept Jeremiah going forward in his ministry and not giving up is my dude Jeremiah got rid of the excuses. All right? And if you're going to keep going in your ministry and the calling on your life, you need to get rid of the excuses. So Jeremiah 1, 6 through 7 says this. Then said I... Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Okay, so here's a good rule to live by. Uh, don't tell God that you can't do something, all right? Like, if God told you that you can do it, just agree with God. Like, don't tell him that you can't. If God brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. All right? Like if God called you, he's going to, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. So don't tell God you can't. Let's, let's stop telling God no. Like that doesn't work for people in the Bible. Remember when Jonah, when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and he, and he fled from the presence of the Lord, told him no? What, what happened to homeboy then? Landed in a whale. Like don't, your life shouldn't end in a whale. What, hap what happened to uh, Sarah when God said, you're going to have a baby? She said, no. Well, this whole thing happens with Hagar, right? And then she creates like all of the, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? I always say uh, Arab. That's not the right word. Arab. 
creates all the Arab people, and there's wars with the Jews and the Arabs forever. Okay, you messed up because you told God you can't. Like, there's consequences for telling God you can't. Remember when Moses told uh, uh, God he can't speak unto Pharaoh? And he says, all right, take your dingus brother with you. You know what I mean? Take your dingus brother. And what happened with Aaron? Moses goes up to talk to God and comes back down, and, and Aaron's having a party with golden calves. Like, this is what we should do. When God tells us to do something, we should just say yes. We should just not say I can't because there's consequences for it. Um, we got we to get all of our excuses, get rid of all of our excuses and take our next step with God. Listen, I know we have excuses. We feel like we're inadequate. We feel like we're not smart. We're not bold. Man, I got this good job. I can't serve the Lord. You know, after I get married, I'll serve the Lord. Maybe next year I'll get involved in something, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, maybe there's not a next year. Maybe God comes back this year. Then what, then what do you got to show for your life? Like, let's not make excuses. Maybe you say next year until the end of your life and it's too late. You know, if God, if God brings you to it, he's going to see you through it. I want to be everything God wants me to be. I don't want to spend the rest of my, I want to spend the rest of my life sold out to God, experiencing the adventures that God has for me. And, and can, I, can I be honest with you? There's men in this church that I've talked to that will tell you I didn't answer the calling on my life. Like they, they would say like, man, I should have went to the Philippines and I didn't do it. And I know I didn't do it. And God was calling me to be a missionary and I didn't do it. And I know I didn't do it. Bro, let's, let's, get, let's, let's have God's best in our life. The best that God has for us. Let's say yes to it. And you know what? I, I heard uh, both Mark and, and Mark Trotter and Jeff Bartell both say, when God says, ask me to do something, I'm just going to say yes. Let's just do that. Let's just say yes. Let's just stop telling God we can't. Stop making excuses. I'll serve God when. That's wrong. Don't let that be you. Don't tell God you can't. Um, I want to say this, bro. God, God is going to speak to a lot of you guys at the REACH conference this week. And God called, God called me, I felt the call to missions at the REACH conference, you know, nine years ago. Uh, listen to what God has to say. Keep your, eye, keep your ears, keep your, your heart open. This is, this is what we, we need. This is what we need more of. We need more people that are just surrendering their life to serving the Lord full time. You know? We need, we need more people that are going to say, man, I'm going to be a Christian first and then an engineer. I'm going to be a Christian first and then, whatever, a counselor. And you know what? We need more people that are just going to say, I'm going to be a pastor for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be a missionary for the rest of my life. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> say yes to God. Don't make excuses. John 4.35 says this. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh, cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already for harvest. Okay? Don't say that. Don't say, man, I'll do it next. I'll do it in four months. Do it today. Whatever God's putting on your heart, convicting you of today, do it today. If anyone had the excuse to give up and not serve God, it was Jeremiah. But you know what God told Jeremiah? God told Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces. Be not afraid of their faces. And you know why I think God, or, uh, Jeremiah had tenacity and he had a fight to keep going forward? Because he was afraid of the right face. All right? He wasn't afraid of man's face. What Jeremiah had was the fear of the Lord. And too often we're scared to go tell someone about Jesus, you know, because we're, we're scared of what they're going to say or what they're going to think. Well, listen, bro, I'm more scared to see the Lord face to face. I care about what he's going to say and what he's going to think. 
the, the, the thing that kept Jeremiah moving forward was that Jeremiah had an audience of one. God was his only audience. And I think it's a special thing in, in a person's life when they stop caring, caring about what people think of them. And they only care about what God thinks of them. Jeremiah made himself a fool for God. And man, we got to have the same thing. We got to be afraid of what God thinks and what no one else thinks. Be afraid of the right face. Luke 12, 4 through 5 says this. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which, after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. God, God had, or Jeremiah had an audience of one. That's what kept him slugging it out. And, and you know what? Uh, Jeremiah feared God and feared God alone. And you know why we give excuses to God? Why we can't, uh, we can't do a thing for God? is because we fear someone else more than we fear God. Okay? So man, you know, you get, you, get, uh, you get involved in a relationship that's taking you away from the Lord. Why don't you break up with that loser? You know? Why don't you break up with that loser? It's taking you away from God. You know it's taking you away from God. Why don't you break up with that loser? You know why? Because you fear that person more than you fear God. You got, you got a job that's taking you away from the Lord, taking you away from the mission. Why don't, you, why don't you quit that job so you can serve the Lord more? You don't think God will provide for you? Well, you know why? Is because you, you fear your, the, what, what people will think about your career more than you fear God. Put, put the fear in the right place. That's what Jeremiah did. No, don't fear their faces. Fear my face. Stop being a pansy. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. The Proverbs 19, 23 says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. You fear the Lord, it's going to save souls. Fear, fear him. At the end of the day, you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. You're not going to stand at the judgment seat of anyone else. Okay, not the judgment seat of your girlfriend, not the judgment seat of your parents. Everyone's got a plan for you. You know, everyone's got a calling on your life. I got a plan for you. Me, I want you to do something. I want you to be a missionary in Albania. All right? My plan doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you don't stand at the judgment seat of Vinny. You stand at the judgment seat of Christ. So fear him and answer the calling on your life. That's the only thing that's going to matter in the end. But you know what? Um, I've been so encouraged by the book of Jeremiah because sometimes in serving God, things get tough and you just want to give up and people suck and they let you down and you're teaching, you know, four times in a week. You're ready to pull your hair out, dude. You're sharing the gospel with people and they ain't listening to you. People just want to get involved in their sin. They don't want to do anything else. No one's changing their life. But you know what? You know what really kept Jeremiah going? even more than understanding his calling and even more than loving people's souls and even more than only having one audience and even more than, than fearing God, you, you know what really gave Jeremiah the power to keep on moving forward? Jeremiah loved God's word. You want to know the secret, secret sauce? Jeremiah loved God's word. You want, you want to do something for the Lord? You want to keep going for the Lord and not giving up? Too many people give up. You need to love God's word. So point three, you need to love God's word. <laughs> Jeremiah 1.9 says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And there's an instance in Jeremiah where Jeremiah is ready to give up. Okay, he's had enough. Serving the Lord's too hard. No one's getting saved. Everyone hates him. Everyone hates God. He's been in prison. People are beating him up. He's getting called names. It's 43 years. The dude has no fruit. Not one person gets saved. Dude ain't got no friends. 
He's tired. 43 years of doing this crap. He's ready to give it up. Jeremiah is mad at God because his life hasn't turned out the way that he thought it was going to. And Jeremiah is angry. And he starts accusing God. This is what he says to God in, in Jeremiah 20, verse 7 and 9. It says, O Lord, thou hast deceived me. He's accusing God. You know who else is called the deceiver? Satan. Like he's, he's saying some rough stuff to God, Jeremiah. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me. Every time I open my mouth about you, people are thinking, beat me up, bro. It's hard. This is hard. It's made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then said I, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Jeremiah says, God, I'm not even going to talk, talk about you anymore. I'm done. I'm done doing it. I'm done with this whole ordination thing. And what is the thing that keeps a man moving forward in the face of adversity? Look at, look at the end of Jeremiah 29. It says, But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. He said, man, I'm giving up. And when he tries to give up, he says, I'm done. I'm walking out on you, God. But it says the word of God was like a fire in his bones. And he couldn't stay. He had to go tell someone about it. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Let me tell you something, bro. You want to keep going for the mission? You want to keep going for the ministry? Put the word of God in your heart. Because if you're a true Christian and you keep this book in you, there's something supernatural about the book that I just can't help to tell someone about it, bro. <laughs> like I got to tell someone about how good God is. I got to tell uh, someone what the Bible says. You keep putting the word of God in you, bro, you're going to fulfill the calling on your life. You put down the book and you get your nose out of the Bible, it's only a matter of time. You got to keep the Bible, you got to keep the Bible in you. If this book is in you, you can't deny it. You can't keep your mouth shut. Psalms 33, 4 says this, for the word of the Lord is right. I believe this book to be right. It's right. That means it don't matter what people think about me and they don't, it don't matter the fruit I get, nothing. I'm gonna do it because it's right. We gotta do more things just because it's right. That's all I need to keep, keep getting punched in the face every day <laughs> is putting the Bible in me. When this book got into my heart, it changed me. I can't help but talk about it. As long as I'm putting it in me, it's gonna keep coming out of me. You wanna be sure that you never flake out on God? You wanna make sure you don't soil your life and make a fool out of God and not a fool out of yourself? You want to be everything God's called you to be? Never put the book down. That's the secret to keep slugging it out. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Stay in the book. You'll never forget what your calling is. That's what, Jer that's what happened to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah didn't have one convert in 43 and a half years. What a, what, a great, uh, what a great soul winning message for you guys. <laughs> you know, what a great example, Jeremiah. You think God was happy with him at the end of Jeremiah's life? You know, you think God was pleased with his life? You know, the word Jeremiah, the actual word means approved of God. How cool was that? Then when one person, the Lord, God says your name, I'm going to call you approved of me. God approved of him. You know, Jeremiah has a prayer to God in the book of Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah 18.20. It says, Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. Remember, 
that I have stood before thee to speak good for them and to turn away thy wrath from them. Old Jeremiah says, God, I stood up for you and I preached for you. He just says, remember me. Will you just remember me? You think God remembered old Jeremiah? I think he did. You know how I know he re- I, that God remembered him? Because we're reading it today. God, God gave Jeremiah the second biggest book in all the Bible. That's pretty cool. God remembered that dude. Enough to mention him three times in the New Testament. And guess what? Uh, uh, Daniel, when it came time for the captivity to be over in, in uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, guess what uh, Daniel, who you know leads the, it wasn't a rebellion, it was time for them to get out, but the leader, Daniel the leader, to get out of the captivity that Jeremiah had prophesied, guess what uh, inspires Daniel to do it? Daniel 9-2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. Daniel's reading Jeremiah, and he said, man, it's time to get out of here. We should, we should start doing something. One person listened to, to Jeremiah. Jeremiah had one convert, Daniel. That's a pretty good disciple, Daniel. That's awesome. That's a pretty decent convert. You know, sometimes we don't see the fruit of our labor in the Lord, but God remembers. God is more concerned about your faithfulness than your fruitfulness. And there will come a day when slugging it out pays off. Okay, your labor's not in vain in the Lord. And at the end of the day, God's worthy. So just do it because it's right. So you, you want to not give up. Understand the weight of your calling. Love people enough to warn them. You know, if, if, if you got uh, someone on your heart today, this is what I would, I would uh, encourage you to do. Don't leave this building without texting them and saying, hey man, can we talk about something important? Do that. That would be a good thing. If you want to continue on in the mission, fear God alone. Have one audience. And if you really want to continue on in the mission, love God's word and keep, putting it, keep on putting it in you. You have a fire in your bones. But keep slugging it out for the Lord. I want to leave you with this last verse. It's Psalm 68, verse 11. It said, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Keep publishing the word. Keep slugging it out for God. Don't give up. Don't quit. Tap into the inner Jeremiah. Should I pray? Okay. Uh, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for your word. God, I'm so thankful for the book of Jeremiah. And you know what, God? Uh, truly, I, I'm weak, and I'm frail, and I get tired. And uh, Lord, I don't know, man. I, I need your help. And it's just good to hear from Jeremiah, a dude that didn't have all the fruit, didn't have one piece of fruit, but he was faithful. And God, you remembered him, you approved of him. And uh, that dude's got more, more crowns at the judgment than I do. So, Lord, we love you. I pray that we would just be faithful. There's someone in our life that we need to share the gospel with. I pray we'd do it. Love you, Lord. I, I just pray that you are glorified tonight. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.